Seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. You'll never have the sacred stone. <laughs> oh, this you crazy mother. This is Eat and Drink with Ali Hassan and Marco Timpano. The podcast where back of house Sally and front of house Marco talk food and drink. Heads up. These two spent decades in restaurants, so some mature content and language is bound to come up. Get ready for Eat and Drink. Forks up. You're listening to Eat and Drink, and I'm Marco Timpano. I'm Ali Hassan. Welcome, welcome. We have a we have a third person joining us today. We love having guests. And uh, of course, what better time to have a guest than during a pandemic, right? We, it's, uh, right it's right. We took only 23 minutes to figure out how to do a three-way um, talk show here. But it's worth it. It's worth it. How are you, Donna Marie? Hi, nice to nice to meet you, Ali. Nice to meet you as well, Marco. Why don't you introduce our guest to our uh, to our listeners? All right, folks. We had mentioned this previously that we were going to have a cookbook author in. Her name is Donna Marie Pye. Not only is she a cookbook author, she is a uh, cooking school master and involved in the cooking arts. Is that safe to say, Donna Marie? Yes, absolutely. All right. Well, welcome to Eat and Drink. It's a it's a it's a privilege for us to have you on our uh, podcast. Now, I know Donna Marie from way way back. Uh, I met her through my other podcast, The Insomnia Project, mm-hmm. and then she was so lovely to give me one of her books, Three Hundred Slow Cooker Favorites. And right. it's always been my intention to have you on my podcast, but. Now, it's even more appropriate to have you on our food and drink podcast. So welcome to Eat and Drink, Donna Marie. Thank you. It's a thrill for me to be here. I wanted to ask you this, Donna. I, you know, I make a joke on stage when I, um, it's it's really a joke about camping, how I'm, I'm very Canadian, but I'm not so Canadian that I want to go camping. Right. But when I'm trying to prove to the audience that I, I go, I, I'm very Canadian, I say, look, I was, I was born in New Brunswick. Uh, I, I, I play hockey. I use a crock pot. That line always goes very well. Like that is for white Canadian audiences. They're like yep. crockpot. Nailed it. That right. is very Canadian. Right. Although I know it's it's much more than Canadian. Um, well, but it I, is. But you it know, is, we, it's yeah. been around a long time. So that's right. Know. That's right. And some of my CBC fans have been around a long time. So the crockpot is sort of you know it's probably some of them probably have old, uh, st- uh, you know slow cookers and crockpots that are older than their own old children. I imagine you'd be surprised at the 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 pots actually somebody brought me a friend of mine was at a a, a vintage store and she brought me like an uh, an old you know the brown one with the flowers or the rabbits that mm-hmm. run around the outside of it and the yeah, yeah. and um and the funny part is marco i'm almost going to tell you my my one that i've been using for the last couple of years at one point i had six but now i'm just down to one it died yesterday. Oh, and so oh yesterday. I may have to pull out yesterday. Wow. Fact, I mean, it's, yeah. It probably felt like she, it was cheating on her, Ali, being on this program today. <laughs> or or it was, uh, I don't know. I don't know. Like, if you're, if you're a crockpot and you want to live just a few more days to see something beautiful, wouldn't a crockpot want to be around to see mm-hmm. Donna, to hear Donna be on this show and celebrate the life of that crockpot. That no crockpot is a piece of garbage. No I don't yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I might have to pull out that old vintage one. So how did you get into crockpot cooking? Good, good question. So see um, Ali, see, good question. Thank you. I'm just <laughs> good saying question. Once in a while you have them. I started, uh, well, I, 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 um, I went to uh, Ryerson 
for uh, studied food and nutrition at Ryerson in Toronto. And I was living in an apartment. And so one year I asked for a crock pot for Christmas. That's when I started using it first when I was a student. And eventually, um, you know, I got married and I had kids. And certainly once I had a family, I and I was commuting by this point from where I live about an hour outside of Toronto into Toronto for work. So then I really started to to use it a lot. That's um, the glory of a, a crock pot, right? Absolutely. You, you throw the ingredients in, you turn the bad boy on. And when you get back from whatever you're doing, it's ready for the family to enjoy. It's ready. It's ready to go. <clears throat> Let me um, ask you this, Donna, yeah. just while you're talking about that, you as a student, you know, some, some, some kids ask for a car. Some kids ask for, you know, a trip. <laughs> you were a young student and you asked for a crock pot. Now, right. had you grown up with one? My mom was a great cook. She still, well, she's, um, she doesn't cook as much anymore, but she was a great cook, but um, she didn't, uh, she, I didn't grow up with one. She didn't mm. really use it that much. I think um, it was just something that was sort of, uh, was, cause I was, I was in school in the eighties. So it was, um, it had kind of come out maybe 10 or 12 years earlier and I just knew about it. So I was like, I, I want to like, can I have a crock pot because I could, you know, make some meals while I, while I'm going to school. So, yeah. So I, I, you know, you're right. Some people ask for cars. Some people ask for, for uh, other things. And yeah, I got a crock pot. <laughs> right. No, I'm, I'm obviously being facetious. Yeah. I just want to know what made, what were you thinking? What was your exposure to crock pots that you thought this might be a good thing? Cause I, I know, know. I, I have yeah. friends who are like, you know, a toaster oven or a rice cooker saved their yeah. lives and yeah. saved them tons of money as well when they were living in dorms and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I don't know. I guess I just, um, must have been, I don't know what twigged it and you go back, I'd have to go. Yeah, I don't know. But I clearly I knew about them. So, um, so that was one, one of the things I got for Christmas one year. And you dove yeah. in uh, head first by the dove sound in of head it. first, you know, and, and, um, I, you know, when I first started, I, I would make things that, you know, as a student, you didn't have a lot of money. So it's like you throw in, um, um, a cheap cut of meat and a package of onion soup mix or mushroom soup mm. or something and you walk away and come back and dinner was ready right but once I graduated and started working and you know my, my raising my family that's when I was being more creative and, and developing my own recipes okay so what was the first recipe that you nailed with your crock pot the first one I nailed was um my mom's um beef stew, the classic traditional beef stew. That and is it, beef. is it located, is that recipe located in one of your books? It is. I think it's called mom's old fashioned beef stew. I think that was. What oh yeah. I have it here in your Canada's best slow cooker recipes. I was wondering if you gave your mother okay. the respect uh, enough to put her in Canada's best. And you certainly did. Of course you did. Oh, I did. Yeah, of course. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> How I got to writing it, it was one of those situations where I was just sort of at the right place at the right time. I had stopped working my full-time corporate job. Um, and I was decided, you know, my kids were young and I couldn't handle that commute back and forth anymore. So I decided I would freelance. Uh, six months into freelancing, I got a phone call from my publisher, Robert Rose, and they were looking for somebody to write uh, a slow cooker book. They had launched a bread maker cookbook and they were going to progress to the next book. And my name had been passed down to them. 
And, um, you know, we started a conversation right after it was around Christmas time, we started a conversation, I submitted a table of contents, uh, beginning of January, uh, publisher said, great, love it. Okay, you've got till April 1st to hand in a manuscript. So so the, the heat was on. Yeah, the heat was, you're no kidding. Absolutely. The heat was on. I mean, you couldn't be more accurate. The heat was on. It was on 24-7 for about three months. Um, the, those crockpots were, I had about six or eight, and they were literally going around the clock as we, um, you know, as we, as we tested. My husband would say, oh, there's nothing better than a smell of beef stew when you walk downstairs first thing in the morning. So... <laughs> So either, I mean, I imagine a lot of those in that time you were giving away dishes to neighbors or you were freezing a lot of stuff because you were making more than you can, you turned your house into a test kitchen, obviously. I, I did. I, my house turned into a test kitchen. My neighbors will tell you they, I was very popular oh, yeah. on the street. Yeah, <laughs> I bet. I bet. I, you know what? The challenge, of course, with the slow cooker is there are so many different manufacturers and appliances out there. So, you know, you have to kind of test in different ones to kind of really get a sense of of if it's going to work the same in mm -hmm. all of them so I had to um, you know I had a variety of different sizes and different styles of crock pots you had to you know you're often retesting you might test it once and it's like well, it's almost there but not quite so we better retest and um, and you know you change it up and make sure it would always work it's same. a nice uh, it's a nice story for people who might be thinking of writing a cookbook uh, mm -hmm. to, to illustrate what goes into it. You better be ready to, you know, long hours, early days, you're testing, you're creating. And also uh, it's an inspirational thing because from what I know, you are still with those publishers. You are still with the, I, the, I am, the yeah. uh, Robert They're, Rose. Robert Rose. And yep, uh, exactly. so one conversation led to over two decades of a relationship and, and book writing. Exactly. We've done over 600 recipes and the new book that's coming out um, this probably this fall um, is a new compilation of existing some of the existing recipes, but we've updated a lot of things because from you know where I started twenty years ago to now, there's so many more plant based people looking for plant based recipes. Um, People are concerned about things like being dairy-free or gluten-free. And so we had to make all those adjustments that we didn't really talk about 20 years ago. And uh, you know what's interesting, Donna, is uh, mm -hmm. you sent me two books. You sent me one from 2000 and one from 2014. Uh, and it's very uh, – it, it's cool to see – the recipes uh, shift with the landscape of uh, of who has come to Canada in that you know almost two decade period, and who would be using slow cookers. And you know, in, in this second book, there's stuff that wouldn't really be found in the first one from yeah. 2000. The Indo Indonesian satay that I, I see here, and the beef madras, yeah. and you know, yeah. Santa Fe chicken, Moroccan chicken, these kind of things. So there's some really exciting recipes. Yeah. For me, especially, I mean, that's where my palate is. It really lies in the, I'm, I'm, you know, as long as, look, put anything in front of me, as long as it's not something horrible, like yeah. Italian food. Otherwise, I'm really into almost eating anything. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> you can send your emails to Ali Hassan <laughs> at Eat and Drink. Of course, I'm joking. Of course, I'm joking. My only problem with the Italians are when they put olives with pits on the pizza. Marco stands by it. I think it's a lawsuit waiting to happen. Why why can't you just get over that fact and not jam a piece of pizza in your mouth? Uh, I listen, will never forgive. 
I made the spicy sweet <laughs> potato soup on page 86 Excellent. and it was fantastic. And for someone like Ali, who, you know, his palate is limited, but as long as there's spice in it, he'll dive in. Okay. This is a recipe that I would challenge my friend to make. Uh, very easy. I wanted to ask you this. What about that new slow cooker? That Are you talking about the Instant Pot? Yep. Yep. Instant Pot? So Instant the, pot well, the Instant Pot is actually more of a pressure cooker as opposed to a slow cooker. It has a slow cooker function on it. Right. I, I have one at work, but we've mostly used it as a pressure cooker um, approach. I have a friend who who has the Instant Pot and she tried doing a slow cooker recipe in, with the slow cooker function. Didn't work the same as her slow cooker. I have to be honest, I, I haven't used the Instant Pot a ton for slow cooking. What I understand about the Instant Pot, and this is where I really see a difference in the consumer and who is using the instant pot versus who is using the slow cooker. So I find that um, people who grew up with a slow cooker, maybe it was used in their home and now they're, you know, next generation people are using, I find people who can prepare early in the day or prepare the night before and then get things ready and get it into the slow cooker the next morning they love the slow cooker. Other people don't have that time allowance in the morning. So the instant pot works really well for them because maybe they come home at the end of the day, they, they, you know, they do all their prep, they put it in the instant pot and they can still have dinner, um, on the table. Well, that actually makes a lot of sense. This is probably why I gravitated to the slow cooker because I spent a lot of my life okay. unemployed. I mean, yeah. taking sabbaticals of, of various kinds, you know, uh, yeah. I always had the time on my hand and uh, time on my hands. And when I did have extra time, especially as a single guy, it was spent cooking. And it's interesting, you know, in my twenties, when I first started using a slow cooker, it was kind of like magic in a way. And every single time that the dish was cooked, I'd be like, slow cooker, you son of a gun, you've done it again. You know, but every time I was like, something's going to go wrong. It's either not, it's going to overcook or it's not going to taste properly or the spices are not going to be mixed into the food. But a slow cooker is um, mm -hmm. just one of the most reliable a pressure cooker and a slow cooker to be for me, for my, for my yeah. experience, it's just yeah, such absolutely. reliable products. What I love about your books is for anyone who has a slow cooker, for them to know that slow cooking is not just for chili. There's so, it's so versatile. You can do so much with it, Thank which you. is yes. illustrated in your books, Donna Marie. To yep. that point, I learned something uh, that I cannot believe I've never considered. I, I've been using um, dried beans a mm -hmm. little bit more than canned beans in the last few years. Um yeah. You know, it's yeah. a little a more cost efficient. I'm a heathen. You know, yeah. it's cost efficient. You control yeah. your sodium a little bit. I don't know. I, I just felt like it's a good idea to also have yes. the dried. But of course, with the dried, you got to soak it for a long time. Then yes. you got to cook it. Then it's so it's a multiple steps. But Donna suggested in one of her books yeah. that you can cook yeah. the beans yeah. overnight in a slow cooker. So we did that the other night and I woke up to chickpeas that were fully ready to be used in a recipe. And I was like, how have I never considered this? I'm always going to put them in a pot, checking them every hour. Like, oh God, they're not done yet. They're not done yet. And uh, and it was getting me a little bit disheartened yeah. with, uh, with dried beans, to be honest. So you've turned me on to something that I was not considering at all. And I, I thought that was great. 
Well, thank you. Yeah, the the beans are are fantastic to do those, you know, beans and lentils and things like that, doing them overnight. You just put them on, you know, go to bed and you wake up in the morning and they're and they're they're done. So that's their recipe ready and away you go. I'll be honest with you. I prefer a slow cooker to the instant pot. I have both. We made your um, sweet potatoes, uh, spicy sweet potato soup in the instant pot and it worked perfectly fine but i can i see what you're saying that some of the recipes might not translate mm-hmm. from a slow cooker to a pressure cooker yeah. or to a pressure cooker yeah. that tries to be a slow cooker so just be aware of that you know he says that now donna <laughs> he says that but when we have joey instapot on our show he's going to change his tune he's such a kiss ass it's so oh, oh joey instapot loves the instapot uh <laughs> recipes don't get me wrong uh where can our listeners get your books donna Okay, so they are available on Amazon. They are available at um, Indigo uh, online. Um, I certainly I sell them through my own um, website through my cooking school. We always have copies at our at our cooking school. So it's um so it's any and just so people know, my last name is Pi with a Y instead of an I. I'm I'm not the dessert. I'm it's P Y E instead of P I E. And your first name is Donna Dash Marie. Unlike Correct. what Ali is calling you, which is Donna, he seems to forget the Marie in your oh, name. I'm so sorry. I, I, so- you know what? No, it's okay. <laughs> I, it depends on when you knew me in my life. To some people, I'm Donna. Most of the times, I go by Donna Marie, but I answered. Okay, both, so. Marco. So don't be offended on other people's behalf for no good reason. <laughs> She's just being nice, Ali. She's just being nice to you. Um, I, my favorite things to have made in, uh, in, in, uh, is obviously chili, chili and slow mm-hmm. cooker for me go so well mm-hmm. together. But in recent years, um, I always take it upon myself to do the cooking at kids parties. If adults are coming, uh, mm-hmm. I really go bare bones with the kids and my wife's like, just like, just order pizza for the kids. Let's not go through any trouble. And I'm more inclined to do that now because, you know, you spend, I don't know, two hours making like egg sandwiches and different, you know, and the kids just take a bite and run off and they like yeah, stuff. So yeah. you, you, your food's not really appreciated with kids generally. Yeah. But for the adults, I've always had one or two slow cookers going and I, I sort of break down some meat, usually some ribs. So I take a short rib sometimes and mm-hmm. uh, chipotle and, and cumin and, and uh, cinnamon and six hours of cooking that. So then you just take those out with a tongs and you put them in a bun and the, you know, the parents can walk around while their kids are playing outside. Awesome. And, and, and I, the slow cooker has been not, you know, just nothing but positive, positive things. I'm sure there's some uh, slow cooker gone wrong stories that you have. I know one slow cooker died on you yesterday. So that went yeah, wrong. yesterday. My last one. No kidding. Um, Do you bury them out in the back when they die? Yeah. <laughs> like a family I pet? To, I might have to leave. I, that's a good idea, Marco. I should just <laughs> bury this one in my backyard as a little token of living in my house for the last 24 years before I leave it for, for my new house. But anyways, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the the uh, slow cooker graveyard. Yeah, uh, exactly. Donna Marie, what are yeah. a couple of tips you would give the novice slow cooker who's okay. never approached a slow cooker before? Uh, right. My my tip, and I could be wrong. I'm sure Ali will poke holes in it. Is use spices and herbs in your uh, slow cooking dishes. That really helps lift things up, and not necessarily put them in right away, but save them for later on in the cooking uh, timeline. 
So that's a really important thing, Marco. Um, it was interesting when my publisher and I first started talking about writing this cookbook. He, you know, we were talking, he was saying, well, you know, we do, we like to use all these fresh herbs and spices. We want to cook from scratch. This is the way we write our cookbooks. And I'm like, okay, great. But the one thing with the slow cooker is you actually benefit from using both types of spices and herbs. So um, dried herbs and spices, they release their oils slower. And those are the ones that you want to use at the beginning of the cooking because they, um, they don't, the flavor doesn't evaporate as quickly. So I always do, you know, things like your dried, dried thyme, your cumin, your oregano, those kinds of things, always cook with those at the beginning. But the way that you can really, and, and this is the, probably the one comment that I hear from people sometimes is, Oh, you know, everything feels like it always tastes the same in the slow cooker. Um, and I don't know what they're making, but I would, I would challenge them on that. But um, the way to kind of add brightness at the end is then to put in those fresh things. So, you know, you can throw in, you put in some cilantro, you put in some fresh parsley, you put in those, the fresh ones go in at the end. And that's where your, your flavor just takes on a whole new, a whole new, um, uh, you know, taste to the dish by using both, both types of, of spices. I'm sure it's tough for you to hear that, that particular complaint that everything tastes the same, because if your Greek roast dinner is tasting like your crunchy turkey, turkey and cranberry pie, <laughs> uh, something is real off. You should maybe just take a break from <laughs> cooking said, altogether. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I, I mean, but I can, I can actually picture that people who tend to go always to the same spices. Yeah. yeah uh, you exactly. know, that's, yeah. So you have to, that's why these these recipes are, are a good source of inspiration or in many cases instruction just straight up instruction yeah yeah, yeah. absolutely absolutely you know uh, the the beauty of the slow cooker is that you know in if you have if you don't have the time and all you have time for is just okay i'm just going to put it in and walk away and i'll come back at the end of the day yeah, that's fine. It works. But any time you're, for instance, doing any meat, any time that you can do browning of your meat first before putting it in the slow cooker, just that sort of that caramelization or adding that layer of um, browning just adds more flavor to the dish. But some people don't have that that time to do that. But it really does. It does make a difference in the flavor. If you can do you brown your meat first, you're if you're going to make a stew or you're doing a roast or something. Just Did you catch that, Ali? Brown your meat. Browning. Yeah. Yeah. And, I'm into it. And I'm into it. <laughs> And that, I knew you would be, Ali. And, um, but I always say to people, it's not the be-all and end-all to everything. So there are certain things where it's not always great. Like, you know, um, I say, for instance, chicken, people will say, oh, I only ever use chicken breast, skinless, boneless chicken breast. And um, you're, if you use skinless, boneless chicken breast in a slow cooker for, say, a chicken stew or a chili or something like that, it's, it's not that those things cook in like, you know, they cook in 15 minutes, boom, boom, done, right? Brown, brown, and you've got it done. So I like to use cuts of, of meat that can take a, a longer, slow, uh, moist heat type of cooking. So that's where your, you know, your chicken thighs or your turkey thighs or your turkey drumsticks, whatever those, those types of things. A benefit. turkey neck, perhaps. Yeah, yeah, sure. sure. <laughs> Uh, Marco likes to eat his chicken breast rare, so I know that this probably doesn't. 
<laughs> I you like that he spit water all over my. Who's equipment. taking water breaks? Who's taking water breaks here? Huh? <laughs> Donna and I haven't need water. Haven't needed water. It's glug glug city over there. What's going on with you, Donna? I'm so sad that I wasn't able to make you a cocktail at the top of this uh, episode. No kidding. We'll have to get you in the studio where I can make you a cocktail. You mentioned a cooking school. Yes. Tell us yes. about your cooking school, because I would love to give like Ali maybe a, a, a gift certificate to attend and maybe learn how to cook some things. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to have Ali come and teach at my I cooking school. I would be school. very, very happy to. We would leave That'd Marco be behind and, and start a forge a new friendship here. I think, yeah, for sure. I think, hey. I don't know. I think you guys would make an awfully good dog and pony show, to be honest with you. It'd be a lot of fun. Uh, so I am a co-owner of a cooking studio in Kitchener called Relish Cooking Studio. We uh, have been in business now. We're in our ninth year of business. So, Congratulations. Um, yeah. So, and you know, it's not an easy, it's not an easy time right now with everything we had to um, sort of put our cooking classes on hold for the time being, but we've transitioned over to virtual classes. So we're doing some virtual cooking classes um, and, uh, and that's been a lot of fun. We've got some great, uh, some other great guest instructors um, that are coming on with us as well to do them. I was able to get a colleague of mine from Calgary, Julie Van Rosendahl to do a class with me on, on, on uh, on Saturday, and a good another good friend of mine, Emily Richards, who is a a, a great Canadian food writer. Uh, we're doing a gnocchi class uh, later this month, so you know, so I teach, and and I've got some of my friends come on board with me to do some other classes. But we do hands on and demonstration style cooking classes, and we also have a really lovely kitchen uh, retail store as well. So we sell. Uh, good quality uh, kitchenware, cookware, kitchen tools, all that sort of thing. So, so yeah. that brings two questions. First, what's the name of the, of your website? So people can go to it. Yep. Okay. So it's um, relishcookingstudio.com. And that'll be in our and, show notes in case anyone needs it. Sorry, go on. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. And yeah, and our studio is called Relish Cooking Studio. Now you say you've gone to virtual cooking uh, classes. Mm-hmm. Uh, can people from outside the Kitchener area now take advantage of this time where they've got time on their hands and they want to connect with someone who will show them new recipes or how to approach the kitchen? Can they now join uh, Relish Cooking Studios and uh, take these classes online? Yes, absolutely. Um, they can. Again, it's part of our website, relishcookingstudio.com. If you go to classes, then um, our current calendars with our virtual classes and people can sign up online. Um, they're $25 for the cooking class. Um, and, uh, and we give you all the, we give you the recipe. We give you lots of alternatives because we know sometimes people um, don't have, you know, can't find certain ingredients. So um, we give you options for those as well. And uh, yeah, we've had uh, we've had people from British Columbia, people from Texas. It's been really fun to connect with people who've been wanting to to do classes with us. But you know, well, I'm not going to be in Ontario, so we can't. So it's a great way to kind of um, you know go outside the the area of, of Kitchener. That's great. Twenty five dollars is so reasonable. You're giving people a gift, also, uh, of, of learning how to cook dishes that they hopefully will will have in their in their arsenal or in their repertoire for uh, for years to come you know that's the way i yeah. always look at cooking classes yeah like gnocchi yeah. are easy to make but if you don't know where to start 
or how to approach it, you're like, I don't know how to do this, right? And spending 25 bucks to have a recipe in your back pocket that you can carry over to when people can come to your house and you provide a beautiful dinner for them, I think is such a wise investment. Yeah, and we're we're doing it like I'm doing it together. So it's like you've got the chef in your kitchen with you. And, you know, the, the what, you know, on one hand we were like, "Oh my gosh, we have to make this pivot really quick. How is this going to take off?" But the response has been terrific from people. Everybody who's been doing it just said, "Oh my gosh, this is, you know, they they're in their own kitchen. They're using their own equipment and um and, uh, you know, they're able to ask me, oh, can I, is this pan okay? Or is this fork okay? Or can I, you know, so that's great. I, I can see what they're doing. Because often if you come to the studio to do a class, I never know what you've got back home, but I can see exactly what they've got right in their own mm-hmm. kitchen. So it's great. That's interesting. That's an interesting added bonus for the teacher right there that yeah. I wouldn't have considered. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then I can see what everybody else's kitchens look like too. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's this is a time for that, huh? Some people find Why comfort in, exactly. oh, good. They came here all well-dressed, but now that I see their home, I see that they have no class whatsoever. And, then, you know, that helps us. <laughs> that helps us move on in this pandemic sometimes, that ability to judge others. Exactly. If people want your books that are coming out this year in time for Christmas, mm-hmm. you've got two books coming out, correct? I have two books coming out. So I have a new slow cooker cookbook coming out. Uh, later, probably in time for fall, uh, the goal was to have it coming out for July, but it's, uh, I think it's held up a little bit for July, but, um, that's the plan. And then a new book this fall as well for a totally different appliance, uh, called the Vortex Plus. So it's, it's, it's like a air fryer on steroids. Is that (laughs) used for cannabis or is that used for cooking? (laughs) You could. <laughs> it's a uh, it's a air fryer, dehydrator, rotisserie. Um, it's it's like a it's like a little it it when when I first looked at it, it almost reminded me of like my Easy Bake Oven, <laughs> but, but it, an adult version of it. Yeah, exactly. And uh, it's a it's a product that is uh, produced by the same people that make the instant pot, uh, so it's part of the instant brands family. Um, but it is a new uh, a new appliance coming to the market, so it's almost the opposite of the slow cooker. It's like a fast cooker. I'm considering looking into these things. I mean, people would, uh, are just swearing by the air fryer, and oh. I've never used a dehydrator. You know, I with the exception of. Marco breathing on me. There's nothing else that really creates that much uh, sort of heat, uh, mm-hmm. or, or you know that little heat. I guess. Uh, uh, be, be it, but Donna Marie, you're lucky you're not in the yeah. studio with us because if you want a um, instant fryer, ten minutes in the studio with uh, Ali's body heat, just just you don't even need that appliance <laughs> yeah. with a little garlic flavor thrown in. Yeah, on the side. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, that's interesting. I, I, I think I'll take a look at that book. You had a fair amount of experience with the product. Well, I learned. Yeah, <laughs> it was. It wasn't something. Um, I we funnily enough, we have had an air fryer at home because my son. I have a. I have a twenty. Uh, well, now soon to be twenty four year old son, and he asked for an air fryer a few years ago. So it runs like, in the know, family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, appliances, yeah, <laughs> yeah. He uh, he asked for an air fryer exactly because he, you know, he's someone who likes to make, you know, French fries and 
uh, hash browns and all that kind of stuff all the time, you know, likes a lot of fried food. So anyways, he, um, he asked for that. And so we've had one, but it's not like this one, you know, I don't, I don't like single use appliance things. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, it, he has it, it's sort of tucked aside and what have you. And, um, and then, uh, but anyways, this, so this does a lot more than just that one does. So I, I love the rotisserie, you know, instead of buying those barbecue chickens, the, the, the I could get this beautiful rotisserie chicken in done in this little thing for in 45 minutes. Love that. Get some awesome rotisserie roast like itself. It was amazing. And, um, I, you know, I think a lot of, um, new condo builds and things like that where they're doing places with very small kitchens or like virtually you get like a two burner stovetop this thing would be ideal kind of thing um, so. donna marie what do you want for an eight hundred thousand dollar condo in the city more than <laughs> exactly. two burners what what could you possibly want more than what that? else could you possibly want you're paying for the view i guess exactly. with this new air fryer what yeah. are some things you learned that are going to be in your book that someone who's approaching that might be like, oh, I don't know where to begin with this. I'm just le- I'm finally learning how to master the slow cooker like Ali is with your right. books. How yeah. do I transition? What are the tips I should know? So um, so it's this particular appliance. Um, like I say, the rotisserie, uh, being able to do your own uh, slow rotisserie barbecued chicken. I did a jerk pork roast that was amazing. Um, I did a, an amazing uh, beef roast that way. Um, had a lot of fun with um, doing things, uh, those those kind of fun bar foods that you would you typically think that, um, you know, you're um, what do we do? Ribs. We did chicken wings, bacon wrapped chicken wings that Yum. were amazing. What's better than a chicken wing? Wrap it in bacon. Uh, wrap it in bacon. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, it, it, it's kind of, it, there's not a lot of prep. It's not as much food prep that you have to do with that one. Um, and, and, you know, if you just bought something that was already prepared you can have that done in in no time flat either too so but uh, that's not the way I, ri- I write my recipes so that um you know you're cooking from scratch how do recipes come to you do they come in a dr- <laughs> do they come in a dream or are you like okay i've got these wings well, everybody knows yeah, wings i've got a pound of bacon i don't want it to go bad i know let's wrap these things make a nice little uh uh a dress for my for my chicken wings exactly you know what i i've i've been in this for so many years, I've worked with so many amazing chefs, um, amazing uh, food writers. Um, you know, when I can't sleep and I wake up at three o'clock in the morning and I'm listening to the Insomnia Project and you're talking about olive oil, I got lots of good inspiration mm. that way too, Marco. Oh, amazing. <laughs> and yet, um, I get no credit in the book for me. No, not yet. <laughs> not yet. Exactly. I don't know. Things just come to you or, or, or sometimes I just, I, friends of my group, my friends are great cooks too. I've got a lot of friends that are just great home cooks and uh, I'll try something at their place. And, and you know, you're just, uh, you know, your mind is always going, how can I make that work in this? Or how can I make it work in that? So, yeah. So just, and, and the cooking school has, you know, being, having taught in the cook, having run my own cooking school now for, for, for nine years and thousands of recipes that have, that I've, that I've come to, to, to work with, you get lots of inspiration that way too. You're making me, uh, and I'm sure you're doing the same for listening, making me yearn for a time where we can entertain again, you know, it, uh, after a while 
impressing yourself and only yourself with your dishes is a is a it gets old at one point. So yeah, I'm looking forward. Hopefully by the end of the summer yeah. we can have those neighbors and friends and fans over for uh, for great wouldn't, meals. That'd be great, wouldn't it? Is your fam are your family the guinea pigs to your recipes? The testers? Yes, very much so. <laughs> uh, are they also your harshest critics? Um no, no, okay. I would no, no. They're not my harshest critics. Um, the, my husband will eat anything, okay. so you know, so he eats anything. He doesn't cook at all. Okay. Um, and so he is just happy to some. You know, he's happy to eat whatever's put in front of him. Um, so no, I would not say my my kids are. I'd probably say some of my my friends are, but I ask. I'm at. I'm looking for that from them. So. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so yeah, I'm looking for the feedback from them. So. It's interesting. You were saying when your your husband uh, comes downstairs and says nothing better than the smell of like a a beef. Uh, he actually meant that. He probably he did. Yeah. Oh, that's. I thought he was joking. <laughs> like eh, nothing like the smell of a goulash in the morning. I thought he was being sarcastic, but he's he's game for eating anything. He's, he'll make. eat anything. Well, that's exactly. Cool. That's great. Yeah. That's great for the ego at home. But then when you want the actual critique, you got to go looking for it elsewhere. I, I, I do. I have to find it elsewhere. That's right. Because Yesterday yeah. was Mother's Day. So before we end, Donna Marie, I want to give a shout out to your mother who started this all by buying your crock pot for you. So can we just send a special shout out uh, to your mom? What is her name? And uh, what would you like to say? Oh, that's great. Thank you. She'll love that. Uh, Evelyn Pye is her name. And, um, she, yeah, she, I will, I will make sure she listens, uh, so that she can, uh, so that she can, um, you know, she hear her name on the radio. Mm. Yes, that's right. Yeah. And it's a good, it's a good reminder to parents, you know, uh, you don't like those big one use appliances, Donna, you were saying, and and I feel the Mm -hmm. same way. Every family has the appliance graveyard drawer, you know, where there's like just tons of appliances and you just... Man, we were so excited about that thing for two months. What happened to us? Where did it all go? I know. Um, so none of us really want that. But when a right. kid in school asks for an appliance, it's kind of like all they got. So it's gonna, it's probably gonna get used. So parents, when you hear those requests, please, uh, please do uh, get those things for your kids. I've seen them get so much great use. Sorry, yeah, Ali, that was know. the prime minister calling me. I don't know if you heard that. Uh, <laughs> Uh, rings in the background there. Uh, sorry, I'll, I'll be I'll be with you guys in just a second. Unbelievable, yeah, unbelievable. I I know. I just uh, I had a, a a friend of mine. Her uh, her daughter asked for a. Uh, she's been making a lot of bread, and I think a lot of people have been making a lot of bread over the last six or seven weeks. And so they just you know, mom the mom called me up and said, oh, she really wants a um a, like a Le Creuset pot. And I said, okay, well, I've I've got one for you here. And mm-hmm. I said, you're about to open a Pandora's box because if you get one of those when you're in your 20s, it's going to last you for a while, but now yeah. you're going to, oh, I need a, now I need a this and I need a that. Sure, right? sure, so, sure. Yeah, it's a gateway. Exactly. It's a gateway drug. The gateway. It's a ga- gateway appliance. Fantastic. Well, I, I do want to wish a happy Mother's Day to Evelyn Pye uh, for starting this whole journey off for you. Thank you. Yes, she will. She's a great cook still when she, when she puts her mind to it, but you know, when now she doesn't have to cook as much anymore. So, um, you know, but she, I, I accredit that my, my inspiration anyway, she was, it wasn't like I cooked alongside her when I was growing up because, you know, we had a very small kitchen at home and, 
And, um, and so, but, you know, I remember having to walk through the kitchen to have to go down the basement and there's always, she was always in there doing something. And, and then her mother too was a fantastic cook. So, you know what, I, I guess it's sort of, um, it just kind of by osmosis, it, it comes that way. And, uh, now I have, um, my own daughter who's in her is 27 and she's living in Toronto. And again, she loves to cook and she's been sending me all these pictures all the time of everything she she did some, she did some amazing um, bagels, and then she did uh, Boston cream donuts. I'm, I'm just, I'm like Darcy. Those are fantastic, and and um, she's so so. I think people have been inspired. I think right now to a because they're stuck at home, so they're forcing themselves to have to cook, and um, and well, if you didn't know how to do it, we're going to learn to do it now, right? And then then they're figuring out what they're missing in their kitchens too. So. So, um, you know, I think a lot of people are, are, are cooking at home a, a lot more than they've ever been before. Well, this so. is great. Thank you so much. I think this is a good source of inspiration, especially uh, as, as people um, not only, you know, maybe, maybe people forgot to get their Mother's Day gifts. I don't know if you'd get a mother a slow cooker, would you? That's not the way. It goes the other way. You got to go down with no. the slow cooker. Maybe, maybe not. But you could get her a virtual class. Get your get her a virtual class. <laughs> get her a or virtual the, class. Or the Vortex Plus on steroids. What, exactly. Or the Vortex Plus on yeah. steroids. But as kids are going to be going to school and stuff like this, you know, hopefully as they come up, I think this was a great chat to have as, as people are planning. There's not too much to plan right now. So you're planning ahead and this is part of it, right? School coming up in September and all that. So it's uh, it good. Yeah. Uh, you know, Donna Marie, I learned a lot on this episode, including the fact that my co-host was born in New Brunswick. I had no idea about that. <laughs> Where did that come up? Where did you learn that? Oh, because I said that He's earlier right on. That's right. Oh, yeah. I think I've yeah. said that. You just haven't listened carefully, Marco. I, I guess huh? I hadn't really cared until now. Yes. And I told you not to care about that. We left when I was two. I don't even know a thing about New Brunswick. Or... Great place. Great place, the East Coast. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Donna. It is. That was Donna great. Marie, it is a great thank place. you so much. You're welcome. Thank you for, for having me. All right. Well, thank you for fun. tuning in, everybody. That was Donna Marie Pye. You can look her up. You can look up her school, uh, Relish Cooking School in Kitchener. And uh, there's nothing about Marco Timpano that you necessarily want to look up. But if you want to see what he looks like, uh, kind of a handsome man, if you're into that kind of thing. Listen, if you like swarthy and delicious, I'm your man. I do want to say this. Uh, check out our Instagram page because we'll post some of the photos of the recipes that we made with uh, Donna Marie's uh, slow cooking uh, cookbooks. And uh, you can go on our show notes to find out where you can sign up for her cooking classes, her books, and whatnot. We'll, we'll list that all on our show notes. Ali, thank you once again. Thank you, Marco. Everybody, thank you for listening. Until we eat and drink again. We hope you got your fill of Eat and Drink with Ali Hassan and Marco Timpano. Follow them on Instagram and Twitter at Podcast Eat Drink. Email them your cocktail and food suggestions to podcasteatdrink at gmail.com. Until the next episode, bottoms up. <laughs>